My name is Adrienne Garland, and welcome to Sugar Coated. Sugar Coated is a podcast that was born from the notion that for far too long, women and other people who inside felt like they just didn't fit in, in maybe small or even large ways, had to sugarcoat their words, their style, or in general, their way of showing up in the world. This podcast started out as a dedication to women leaders. You see, I wanted to shine the light on all the incredible work that women do and how they're making an impact. And I still do. But I realized that a key reason that women have struggled, in my opinion, is that they've had to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals, which are inherently designed to keep those outside of the norm from standing out. This has prevented more women from being recognized as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me, Adrienne Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media, each week as I dive into raw conversations with some remarkable, badass women that will help you to strip away your sugar coat and go in the direction of your incredible dreams. Hi, everybody. My name is Adrienne Garland, and welcome to Sugar Coated a podcast where we have real conversations with real people, no sugarcoating. I'm so happy today to have as my guest, Annie Scranton. She's the founder and president of Pace Public Relations, an incredible New York City public relations firm. I've known Annie for a couple of years now, and I'm just so inspired by her positivity and all of the, her work that she does to help both men and women, but very focused on women. I'm very inspired by her work that she does to help women to gain the visibility that they deserve in the media. And the conversation that Annie and I are going to have today is all around how during this crazy time that there are are still opportunities to get your voice, your opinions, and your thoughts out into the world. So welcome, Annie. Thank you so much for having me, Adrienne. I'm so happy that you're here. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, what your background is, and then we'll get into uh, what people can do today to help themselves to get visibility. Sure. So um, I run a PR firm called Pace Public Relations. We've been in business for 10 years and clients retain us to get them featured in the media. Um, So we focus on traditional media, which uh, we think of as broadcast television, streaming television, radio, podcast, uh, newspapers, magazines, and the vast world of digital, different websites and news, lifestyle, et cetera. And I started the company after I worked as a TV news producer for eight years. I was what's known as a booker. So I was responsible for booking the guests who uh, my anchors would interview on the show. So I worked at almost all of the major network, Good Morning America, The Today Show, MSNBC, CNN, CNBC, HLN. And I got a lot of experience and met a lot of different people along the way. And because I worked at so many different networks, it allowed me when I 
sort of got the idea to start my company, it allowed me to start off on very strong footing because I sort of had all these built-in contacts already. And, you know, it's not it's not so easy to get yourself booked on TV. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, it comes down to connections. So that's really, I think, one of the, the big benefits of, of hiring a publicist is their connections. Wow. Now, did you go to school for that? Like, did you know that you wanted to do that? When I was little, I would watch the Today Show in the morning with my parents, and I would always say I wanted to be Katie Couric. Um, <laughs> so I knew that I wanted to work in news. I just loved TV news. We watched the news in the morning and um, after dinner and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but once I kind of got a reality check of how hard the road ahead for being on air was going to be like, I just, I I was born and raised outside of New York city. I was not going to move, you know, far away, um, somewhere in the middle of the country to do, uh, (laughs) to start my career. It's just was not for me. So no, I went to Smith college and there I studied English, but got a, a good foundation for writing and, you know, critical, critical thinking. And I got, my first job was at a PR firm in the city, um, but it, it was only because it took me five interviews to get my foot in the door at MSNBC, five different interviews. Um, but then I finally finally got my first job as a production assistant working for Dan Abrams. Wow. Holy. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. Wow. That's incredible. And then what, I'm just curious, because I always love, you know, how did you start your business? Why did you start your business? If you were, you know, doing so great, I mean, you had incredible roles, high profile, lots of fun. What prompted you to start your own PR firm? Well, it was it was out of necessity. I was working as a producer at Donnie Deutsch's show at CNBC. This is going back to 2007 and or 2008, and his show got canceled. And I found myself um, being informed that I was going to be laid off and mm-hmm. without a job in a couple of weeks. And I had, you know, never experienced that before. I, you know, I was a young woman living on my own in the city. I had like no money in the bank you know, all that kind of stuff. So I was sort of panicked. I sent an email out to everyone I knew saying, I need a job. If you hear of anything, let me know. And I I got an email back that, that changed the entire course of my life. It was from a publicist who I had booked his clients to go and be interviewed um, on the show with Donnie. And he said to me, I have kind of um, an interesting, unique idea. I know you've never done PR, but I have a client. I can't remember who it was. I, it was a, a, a broker, I think, and he wrote a book on the markets. And he said, if you could get him booked on any network, on, on CNBC, on any show on CNBC, I'll pay you 500 bucks. And I said, okay, well, I'll try. And I sent I sent this broker's information to my friend who worked on a day side, a day side show, the noon show. And she said, oh, he looks great. Can he come on next Thursday? And so kind of like that, you wow. know, was my light bulb moment where I realized that my currency, my value, my my unique brand was that I had access to these producers um, to get the coveted TV booking. And so now when people say, what's your elevator pitch? I always say, I can get you on TV. And so that's, you know, one of our specialties still. That's amazing. And 
over 10 years that you've been in business, which congratulations, by the way, because so many businesses don't make it that far. And that's another reason that I'm just excited to talk to you today because you are a successful woman business owner and, you know, you have a great company and you're thriving. And I just think it's it's incredible. But over 10 years in the media, I'm sure that, you know, people who were once there are no longer there. So what what is, I guess, your secret to keeping that network growing and, and you know, going and growing? Because I'm sure so many people have left. Well, I mean, absolutely nothing um, takes the place of hard work, you know, and what what we do, it's really like such a grind and I, I love it. Um, but you said it in TV and in, in journalism, reporters and producers are switching jobs all of the time. And sometimes they're moving to different shows or to different networks or to different newspapers or uh, magazines, what have you. And some of them then leave the industry entirely. Um, so, we are we have a multitude of ways that we stay on top of all of the contacts but that's sort of a big part of my job is making sure that i maintain those relationships that are really important to me and also i think that it's we are able to maintain our relationships because we're pitching, um, I hope, guests and story ideas that the producers are receptive to and that is helpful to them. And so that kind of keeps our our street cred up with these different producers. Yeah. I, I think that there's a huge lesson there, not just for anybody that, you know, wants to get on in the media or whatever. I think the idea of keeping your network growing and strong and sort of using both tools and then just you know, human connection and keeping up with people and keeping those relationships going, that can benefit anybody at any time. It's so true. I mean, what what I do is sort of emblematic of just the bigger theme, which is relationships are everything in every single industry. And, you know, there's in in my line of work, especially, but in most it's really hard to sort of separate work and your personal life. Um, you know, for for us and my husband, my, our family life, it's completely melded together at this point because some of our best friends work in the media and I pitch them our clients and, yeah. you know, and, and that's, but that's how, you know, we have been successful. And so I just think though, in any industry, you're you're only as good as your word, you're only as good as the connections that you have. And you know, you could have the best product in the world, but if you can't get access to the right people, then you know, you're not gonna get very far. Yeah. So I, I love that. And one of the things that I especially love is how you guys have melded together your your work and your life and that there isn't necessarily like, okay, I'm, I'm shutting the books on, on my work because it is an ongoing thing. But the fact that you love it is is why you've created this this life for yourself. And I think that's so cool. And again, it's like, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, if you can do that and, you know, make it work, to me, I, I feel like that's nirvana, <laughs> right? Like, if you love that and that's what you do and you you can earn a great living and support all the people that you support in your business, it's, it's just such a good thing. Um, I mean, yeah. if you don't 
love what you do as an entrepreneur, you will absolutely not succeed. And I had better love it because it's really, really hard work. Um, And in some ways, it's gotten easier in 10 years, but in some ways, it's gotten harder, you know, and just my role has evolved. And I've been, you know, forced to learn new things and to pivot and to get creative. But if you don't have the passion for what you're doing, you're just you're just you're never going to be as successful as you would like to be. Yeah, you're screwed. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So what I also wanted to talk about is you help people to get into the media. Now, you do that through leveraging your relationships, but I, I think that there's also a lot to be said for the actual person who's trying to get him or herself into the media. You know, if somebody is looking to just start positioning themselves as an expert or a resource, is there something that you could suggest to people like if if you eventually want to get into the media or if you want to get into the media tomorrow, like what are some of the things that you should be doing today? Absolutely. First step is you need to have a, a good website. And and by good, I mean, you don't have to spend a ton of money. It doesn't have to be like super fancy, but it needs to have, it needs to be very clear and representative of who you are and what you what you can offer. What what are you about? You'd be surprised how many websites actually don't really talk about exactly what the person does and what they're offering. And I think to the you know the step actually before that is to figure out what your personal brand is. You know, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, I mine is I can get you on TV. And so you know that's that's usually enough then to start the conversation to get people going. And then from there, you know, I can launch into my whole. Sp- But I think that you need to first figure out what it is that makes you different from every other business owner, lawyer, doctor, author, startup out there that's in the space. What makes you different? What makes you unique? And why should people care? Why you? Mm -hmm. What's in it for them? I mean, at the end of the day, people just really want to know you know, what are they going to get from it? And when you're pitching the media, you know, that journalist wants to know, well, what's the takeaway going to be for the reader of this piece, you know? And and so yeah. it's so critical to be able to make sure that you're providing information that actually is is useful to a potential reader. Yeah. And with there being so much competition out there for everything, how does one differentiate themselves, you know, so much. Like, take me for example. You know, I have this platform. (laughs) She leads media. And yet there are other companies out there that do the same thing, in essence, as I do. Now, I think that I'm a unique person, but I do have trouble sort of articulating what makes me so different. And I I think a lot of people can relate to that because they're offering the same type of services or, you know, they're just sort of a good person. You know, are there any type of suggestions for people to really find what that uniqueness is? is is there are there exercises you could do can you ask people like what would be some yeah. tips <laughs> i mean my first my first piece of advice would be to 
ask your customers, ask your mom, ask your husband, ask your friends, like, what, you know, and that that may be a little a little scary and it may feel weird, but you know, you're you are always going to be the hardest judge of yourself and likely will be modest, especially women, I think, are modest about, you know, what what sets them apart. You know, we don't want to feel like we're bragging or coming off as too forward. So I would start by polling everyone in your life, personal and business-wise that you've worked with, you know, what was the experience like? What what made this a better experience than working with mm. others? Um, the other thing to remember, too, is that, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I don't know what my personal brand is. I don't know what makes me stand out from others. I mean, it, that's okay. You just have to think about it. I mean, and maybe maybe there's not something right now, but you need to sort of think about what that may be in the future. Because if you don't have something that really makes you stand out, then you're not going to get too far. Mm. So, you know, is it your customer service? It doesn't have to be that you like are offering something so unique that nobody else does, but is it your customer service? Is it the fact that you have a built-in network that you can just automatically introduce customers or clients mm. to? Is it the fact that your social media reaches X number of people? Is it the fact that, you know, your prices are more competitive than someone else? I mean, like, you know, there's there's lots of different ways to sort of position yourself to get ahead. But I would I would definitely just start by pulling people in your life and then take some time and also research, you know, others in your space who you think are doing it right, who you would view as a competitor and spend some time on their website, on their social, check them out. And then you might get ideas, you know, mm. from doing that competitive analysis. That is such great advice. And it gives me comfort. And I hope whoever's listening, it gives, you know, you comfort as well, that it doesn't have to be that you have this proprietary, you know, new technology <laughs> that is like nothing else out there. I think that's the stuff that can get really intimidating. But I love how you said, like, maybe it's the the way that you provide customer service. Maybe it's the way that you make people feel. That can be a differentiator factor. And I, I love that. I think that's so cool. So the other thing that I was thinking is, you know, there are so many hardships that are happening right now because of the coronavirus. And just in general, as an entrepreneur, it's it's a slog. You know, it's, it's tough. How do you how do you get that attention? And I think there are a lot of people out there that are feeling like, you know, oh my God, there's so much in the media that just about this and all of the tragedy and, and things like that. But at the same time, I can't help but believe that there has got to be some positive opportunity too. Do you, are you suggesting to your clients or like any advice for anybody that wants to sort of put themselves out there now? I would I would actually strongly recommend putting yourself out there now if you have a relevant tie-in to the coronavirus to what's happening currently in our world that is is going to help people that is going to be impactful that or that is going to be a really feel good kind of story or if you are somebody who can be viewed as a thought leader or an expert. So, you know, impactful, an example could be if you are 
a, a remote learning company and you have a product or a tool that can help all the parents out there that are really struggling right now, homeschooling their kids, that would be a great, a, a great example of a type of company or brand that should, I think, absolutely try to get some awareness about what they do. If you have a feel-good story, you know, you are, uh, you manufacture hairspray and you've turned your, um, your plant into, you know, manufacturing hand sanitizer, or if you, you know, are a frontline worker or, or in some capacity you've helped in, uh, somebody in the situation, that's another example. And then at the third, I think would be as a thought leader or an expert. So if you have expertise in supply chain issues, then this would be a great time for you to go out and talk about, is there going to be a food shortage? You know, those kinds, those kinds of issues. So those would be the three buckets. Mm. But if you don't fall into one of those categories, I do think that there's still some stuff that you can do once you've taken the time to figure out your personal brand and make sure that your website is, you know, really representative and reflective of that and that your social media is all sort of synced up and saying the same thing. You know, depending on what your industry is, there are absolutely print and digital outlets that are still covering non-coronavirus news. It is Mm. getting less so as, you know, this sort of continues to sort of take over, you know, at the world. But there are like, for example, you know, we're still working with different lifestyle and beauty editors, you know, who their readers come to them for new content, you know, about new products and new offerings. Mm. So what I would recommend is to do your research and do your homework on the outlet that you want to be featured in. If your dream is to be featured in Marie Claire, then go to the newsstand, buy Marie Claire, you know, go on their website and go on there every day and really become an expert in what kind of content they're putting out there because that way you can know if you have, you know, the right sort of tone and message to pitch to that outlet. Annie, I love what you're saying about doing your research. And I think I think sometimes the PR industry gets, you know, a bad rap, like, oh, it's all, you know, fluff. It's not, because what you just said about, you know, pick up the magazine, read it cover to cover, understand what types of articles and stories and features they're doing, and, and then taking a good look at yourself and your business and saying, does what I do fit in with this or could it or how could how could what I do help Marie Claire or whatever other publication it is? That takes a lot of thought and a lot of work. And it's not just, you know, oh, let me call this <laughs> publication and no, tell them about that's, myself. That's never going to work. Um, no. and, and, and also you're just going to look sort of desperate and like an idiot. So especially with journalists, you know, as a former journalist, you know, they don't get paid well, sort of a thankless job. And, you know, but but what they do, their craft and the, the product that they're putting out to society is so important. And so I think that journalists become, you know, offended if they're not being taken seriously and getting email pitches that are in line with what they're doing. It doesn't mean that they're going to actually cover your story. They don't owe that to you. You know, it's completely up to their and their editor's discretion. But if you don't do your research, there's 
absolutely zero chance that you're going to be um, successful in getting the media attention that you want. I love that. And it's it's definitely a mark of respect or, or a demonstration of respect that you have taken the time to do that. And even if for that particular pitch that you're giving, it, it doesn't get picked up for whatever reason, it goes back to, yeah, but you have just signaled to that journalist that you respect them. And that's the that's one of the building blocks of relationship building. One hundred percent. I mean, in these days, it's really easy to find a reporter on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, online. I mean, so, you know, there's there's really no excuse. You know, you can you can very easily in a matter of a few seconds you know, really find out the beat, the likes, the dislikes of that particular reporter you're trying to reach out to. So it's not even like it takes all that much time. Yeah. So how how are things going right now? I mean, you have your finger on the pulse of everything that's going on. Like, what are some of the things that you're finding success with with your clients and getting them the coverage that they're looking for? Or are you know, are your clients demanding more from you now? Like, I'd, I'd love to just kind of understand what, what people are, are thinking, because you're in you're in the service business. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it, I think for there are certain industries, of course, that are just, you know, getting totally decimated. So our clients that we were working with in the travel space, in the event space, in the luxury space, you know, they're just trying to actually preserve their businesses right now. So forget about, you know, PR and media, but there are then other clients of ours who are doing really, really well. Like one of our clients is a frozen entree company called Saffron Road, um, and they ha- they make all frozen entrees that are organic and natural, and it's uh, with a with a world cuisine. They're really delicious, but. Part of their issue is that they source, what makes their entree so good is that they source the ingredients globally. So a lot of their spices come from directly from India and, and from Asia. And we put out the founder and CEO as um, a thought leader talking about how potential supply chain issues would impact his production of the, of the various food offerings. And from our pitching, he did an interview on Bloomberg Television he was interviewed by NPR. He was quoted in the New York Times. And so that was hugely advantageous, I think, for their brand because it just sort of, A, puts them on the map and gets them, you know, the the coverage that they're looking for. But B, you know, the people who are reading and listening to those types of, of outlets and publications and, and radio shows are are amongst the most powerful, wealthiest, and, you know, just it, it, it can open up so many more doors, mm. um, I think, for our, our clients. So I would say that for the clients that we have who have one of those three offerings right now, yeah, we're feeling, we're definitely feeling the pressure because now is a real moment and now could could also mean if they're going to make it or not you know yeah. as as a company themselves so i think there's a lot more you know our clients are all really great but it, you know there's i think we put a more pressure on ourselves right now cuz it means more yeah it's so interesting to think about a business that is 
potentially suffering, like you just mentioned, you know, they're not able to source the ingredients, which then has a trickle-down effect on their business and the products they can offer and everything. But, and I think what happens sometimes with with business owners themselves is is you can get stuck in that mindset, like, oh my God, how am I going to increase my business? But if you can look at things from a different perspective, like you were able to offer and suggest, like, yeah, but let's position you as a, a thought leader about supply chains and how supply chains globally are affected by this and how it's not just affecting me and my business, but all these other businesses and what we're doing. And here's some suggestions. I just think that that's a beautiful thing. And like you're saying, it also holds that CEO up as somebody that knows how to navigate through crisis and change. And it's just, it like works on so many different levels. And I think that more business owners have got to get creative when it comes to thinking like that because you can get that tunnel vision. It's it's like what you need almost as an entrepreneur to have that tunnel vision. But then that can also be something that could potentially hold you back, especially when you're going down that like, oh my God, I'm going to go out of business path. Yeah. I mean, I think that every single person who is a founder or the CEO of a company has life experience, work experience that can be translated into useful information for others. We've all learned from failures. We've all had successes. We've all, you know, had different experiences that have brought us to where we are today. And, you know, even if you're not in a position to get on Bloomberg television or or have the New York Times interview you, I would strongly recommend to start thinking about the issues, the trends that are that pertain to your industry right now. So for example, my client and supply chain is a perfect example of a broader issue affecting the food industry. And you could go on LinkedIn and you can, you know, write a 200 word post about your thoughts um, as it pertains to the trends that are going on in your space. To me, LinkedIn has been such a valuable platform, and um, I try to post on there at least a, a few times a week. And it's just, it also is a good exercise because it starts getting you thinking of yourself actually in that role, mm. you know? And I think you'd be really surprised at the at the interaction and, you know, the um and the inbound requests that, you know, people wanting to connect with you and and talk to you. Um, because it's all about sort of elevating yourself, you know, mm. like yes, you run this company and that's so important, but you know, it's always good to think a little bit bigger too. I mean, everything that you're saying, I'm like, that is great advice. Great advice for him. <laughs> like, yes, Good. yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, my gosh. I was actually going to ask you, I do want to just, you know, put a put a pin in it and say, yes, I, I think LinkedIn is an incredible platform that holds so much opportunity. And I don't necessarily think that people take advance or leverage it as best as they possibly can. But there's still plenty of opportunity to get seen and to demonstrate your your thought leadership and your your clarity around these things. I think there's so much more opportunity there. So, you know, 
whoever is listening, definitely be mindful. You don't want to be just posting things, like think about it. But it is it is great. Um, and I love it. Um, I've actually seen a lot of success, not so much for myself, but um, from a sales perspective, when I'm working with other clients, I think it's a, a wonderful connection platform, but you have to do it the right way. You have to be a human being. So yeah, I'm like a huge fan of LinkedIn. But I, <laughs> well, the, <laughs> the other thing, well, I guess there was two things um, that I was thinking about as you were talking not everybody has the opportunity to get on the New York Times. So there's smaller, more local or, you know, online resources that people can tap into. And I just want to, you know, confirm with you, like, those are good places to be, too. Like, it doesn't have to be CNBC or the New York Times. A hundred percent. I mean, absolutely. Like, I, I mean... Everyone's on LinkedIn, you know, everyone, everyone has a LinkedIn profile. Everyone is, is on Instagram and that's a way for you to start. But it's really though, it, you need to actually do the work and write the pieces and come up with what your point of view is. Because if you start being disciplined and getting sort of in that groove, then when you are ready, you know, to pitch the media, you're already going to have so much experience that's going to put you ahead of the game of the, of everyone else that is your competitor and you know i have i have absolutely gotten new clients who've seen social media posts of mine i've had different referrals um from people who have noticed a post on linkedin so you know i i definitely think that it's something that should be worked into your your weekly, if not daily routine. Hmm. And then the, the other question is, what do you think about podcasts? And and not, <laughs> not necessarily, you know, the big ones that have millions of listeners and everything, but what do you think about some of these more niche podcasts? Do you think that, that leveraging podcasts is a good way for people to gain visibility? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I think that more and more people, especially younger ones, are listening to podcasts. There's a few that I listen to religiously. So I, I you know, the the issue is that there's so many now. Um, so sometimes it's hard to find the exact one that's perfect for you. But you know, I always tell my clients podcasts are a nice long interview like this one. Thank you. And so it's <laughs> great. It's great because you can really like dive into um, a lot more of the nuances of what your expertise is in as opposed to, you know, a television or traditional radio interview, which is only a few minutes long. So I would say that podcasts are definitely something to um, source to pitch yourself to. And then once you are able to get on and you have that link, post it everywhere, you know, and, and do as much as you can to make sure that everyone in your world, everyone in your network is going to listen to it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I, I think that this is all such incredible advice. And I'm so passionate about making sure that I'm giving the the resources and, and this incredible knowledge, especially to women, 
leaders, women business owners, because I think for far too long, we, you know, have sat there with our hands crossed, waited for somebody to call on us. And it's it needs to be over. We need to stand up. We need to write. We need to pitch ourselves. And I think so many people are afraid to do this. But how you broke everything down, the advice that you're giving, I I, I do hope that it takes away people's fear mm. and that they do just start doing things like, yes, do it mindfully, do it thoughtfully, you know, yeah. approach it from your point of view and, and your unique position, but do it. Yeah. I mean, no one's going to do it for you. Right. Um, so yeah. it's you just and and I think that's sometimes like the hardest piece of advice is just to I mean, you know, I'm not perfect. There are things that have been on my to do list for months, you know, and so but it's just trying to get like Ariana Huffington talks about those micro steps, you know, and so to just, you know, try to take five minutes a day to start to do one thing or to start one thing that could be, you know, productive and something you haven't done um, previously. But now's the time because, you know, it's going to be, we're going to come back through this and small businesses and entrepreneurs, are, you know, the economy, everything is going to rebound in time. But there's going to certainly be a period and we're in it now where it's going to be really hard. And so um, you just have to make the time to do everything you can to make sure that you're positioning yourself and making yourself stand out amongst everyone else. Yes. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And just like on a personal note, I know that you have a daughter at home, you're running a business, your husband runs a business. Like, how the heck are you doing? It's crazy. I mean, (laughs) it's crazy. I mean, it's, you know, what can I say? It's hard. I mean, it's hard. Uh, Yeah, we're both entrepreneurs. We both have um, run our own businesses. I have 10 employees. He has three. We are really busy, like knock wood. So that's a good thing. But our daughter is um, a year and a half. And, you know, it's it's a lot. And we live in a New York City apartment and it's small Mm. and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But we're healthy. Our families are healthy. So we're just trying to count our blessings and, you know, literally just only think of one day at a time. Because if you start to go too far ahead, it is not a good, at least for me, not a good path (laughs) forward. So trying to stay in the moment. And you have to be, I mean, you know, you don't have to be anything, but it's like you you want to make sure that you also have that positive spirit and positive outlook because you, you sort of need to be there for your employees, for your clients. You need to, you know, to, to be the one that's kind of leading them and saying, come on, like, we're going to get through this. Let's just put one foot in front of the other. So I admire what you're doing greatly. And I just think that you have such a positive spirit and positive attitude. And, and you've inspired me just from this conversation. And then, you know, when we were talking a little bit before, it's, it's really inspiring because it, it's hard, but you're doing it. And I hope that other people are inspired by everything that you've said and everything that you're doing and that we do get through this and oh my goodness yeah and I think that there are going to be so many things that change and there are going to be people that are going to go out of business but there is also always going to be tons of opportunity tons of opportunity you just have to you know be open say yes and 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 do the work and if you believe in yourself and you put in the time and energy you know I think it's going to work out Yeah. Love it. 
Well, Annie, how can people reach out to you and find you? You could find me at our website, which is Pace, P-A-C-E, publicrelations.com. I'm on Twitter at Annie Scranton. And you could find me at the same on LinkedIn and, and Facebook and Instagram and all the rest. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And please stay healthy. And please say hello to Mike for me. I will. <laughs> thank you, Adrian. You this too. is just absolutely wonderful. Thank you. Take care. This is the She Leads Podcast Network.